Peace of Christ be with you, Hope College. Happy Monday. Oh, man, we step into this week. We'll never get a chance to live this week again. I'm excited that we can do it in a context where we can worship the Lord, love each other, and love this world. I'm really excited to introduce my friend Shamari Tate. Um, yeah, give him some love. I got to know Shamari over this uh, last year. He, there's a lot of things I could say. The most important thing I can say is that he's a man who deeply has a heart for God. But I also want to say that he has just agreed to join our campus ministry team, and so he is coming to Hope here. So I want, I want to encourage you. We, this is his first time in Dimnit preaching with us, and I told him, I told him, we told him that this, there's no place to preach like Hope because our students are amazing. Can I get an amen? Yeah. So as Shamari comes, this is his first time, but it will not be his last time. Would you please welcome Shamari Tate to Hope College. Good morning. Praise the Lord. I'm glad to be with all of you. Um, it's so cool to be in a place where everyone is on fire for the Lord, to be amongst you all and to know that your hearts are centered on Christ is nothing but a gift. So, as Trigby said, my name is Shamari Tate. You'll get to know me as the year progresses, but the one thing that I want you to know about me right now is that I love the Lord. I love the Lord with all my soul, all my heart, and all my spirit. Mm. We do something at my church, and I wanted to wake everyone up, so if you could, could you please stand with me while we read the word? Our reading comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 33 to 37, and it reads, Again, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, do not break your vow, but fulfill to the Lord the vows that you have made. But I tell you, do not swear a vow at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by earth, for it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Nor shall you swear by your head, because you cannot make one hair on your head white or black. All you need to simply say is yes or no. For whatever is more than these is from the evil one. My brothers and sisters, this is the word of the Lord. You may take your seats. Time and time again throughout the Old Testament, we see this commandment come through that we should promptly fulfill our vows to God. And if we don't, then we are guilty of sin. What I love about Jesus and his Sermon on the Mount is that it flips this teaching on its, on its head. It provokes this teaching and Jesus instructs us to not make any vows at all. In fact, he says we ought not make a vow to heaven for it does not belong to us. We ought not make a vow to earth for it does not belong to us. We even ought not make a vow to ourselves because we do not belong to ourselves for we too were bought with a price as 1 Corinthians 6 verse 20 tells us. Instead, Jesus simply gives us this deeply yet profound instruction to make one of two vows, yes or no. He says that anything outside of this is from the evil one. This teaching under the new covenant is so very, very important because we usually 
think that we own the things that we swear by. We usually think that we have control over the things that we use to legitimize our vows. But that's not the case. I'm reminded in this moment of one of my favorite scriptures, Proverbs 18, verse 21, the power of life and death lies in the tongue. Look at your neighbor and say, life is in your mouth. Look at your other neighbor and say, life is in your mouth. Glory to God, glory to God. So why is this so crucial for us today as Christians? It is because as believers of the most high God, our words should hold a lot of value, right? Like everything that we say should be taken as 100% fact because of who represents us, right? Unfortunately, we've seen in history that this hasn't always been the case. When a public official is sworn into office, what do they usually swear on? The Bible, right? But if we look at this text, we see that even that is unnecessary, especially if they're Christians. If the person being sworn in for office is a believer of Christ, all they would have to do is say yes or no to fulfilling their vows. Our relationship with Jesus Christ should be so strong, so deeply and profoundly committed, so disciplined, that when we speak, everyone goes, they're 100% right, they're 100% accurate, and they're 100% honest. That's the point that Jesus is trying to make to us in this text, my brothers and sisters. We should be so in tune with the ways and will of God that every word we utter is truth. But again, sometimes we failed to live up to this expectation. I recall a man by the name of Frederick Douglass. If you haven't read his autobiography, I suggest that you read the autobiography of Frederick Douglass. And in it, he talks about a strange observation that he made. And the observation that he made was that his captors, because he was a slave back in the 1800s, his captors, they would be in church on Sundays passionately praising the Lord, right? Passionately. But then the plantation's right here, and the church is right here, and Frederick was just curious because how could you passionately praise and sing praises unto God while God's very own creation, his handmade, man and woman, fearfully, wonderfully made, was being beaten, brutalized, tortured, and murdered. This is what Jesus is talking about, friends, when he talks about anything outside of yes and no being from the evil one. Save Christians who have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior were also simultaneously breaking the second greatest commandment, which is to love your neighbor as yourself. Let's bring this text, this idea of saying what we mean and meaning what we say from antiquity to modernity. How many times do we fail to do this? Do you and I fail to do this? When someone walks up to us and they say, I'm going through this and this, this and that, what do we say? You're in my prayers. But my question is, how many times do those prayers make it up to, to God? We say, you're in my prayers a lot, but how many times do those prayers make it up to the Lord? Or we commit to doing this and doing that, and because we live in an age where it's cool to be busy and overworked and ran in, in, into the ground, when it comes time to do this and to do that, we're too tired. Can't make it. This, my friends, is what Jesus is talking about. When we fail to live up to this simple yet very high level of accountability, 
we let sin win. When we let our words become lip service instead of representations of actual service to God's kingdom, sin wins. But I'm hopeful this morning, (laughs) hopeful. I'm hopeful this morning because at Hope College, we're not gonna let that happen. We're not gonna let that happen, right? Right, amen. If I had to give this message a title, I would call it Vows of Victory. By saying yes and meaning it, we win. By saying no and meaning it, we win the battle against sin. Then that begs the question, what should we say yes to and what should we say no to? And that answer depends. My yes is gonna be different from your yes. My no is gonna be different from your no. It depends on where we are in our walk with God. But if I had to give one answer for everybody here in this chapel today, I would say this. You say yes to the things of God and you say no to the things that are not of God. A wise theologian by the name of Tony Evans once said, God never needs us to go outside of ourselves to help him help us. Did you hear what I just said? God never needs us to go outside of ourselves to help him help us. In this manner, brothers and sisters, we win the battle against sin. In this manner, we defeat the deceptive nature of the world. In this manner, we emerge victorious through Christ our Lord. Let us pray. If you would, repeat after me this simple prayer. God, this week, your will nothing less and nothing more. In Jesus' name, amen. May the Lord shine his face upon you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here.